I'm excited to let you know that we have back again since September, we have Danielle Kavaleski back with us today to speak. She is super awesome. She is a trustee at Second Place. The trustees help with the, the finances and the facilities of the church, and she is awesome. We were talking a couple of months ago about this weekend, and we had a vision, and she actually talked about an idea that she had. And it just kind of turned out that that idea is now the one that she's going to hatch right up here. So um, I'm excited about it. And so give it up for Danielle as she comes to teach. Hi, guys. Hi. Is this thing? Oh, it is on. Okay, cool. Well, hi. So the idea that we talked about was rest and solitude. How many feel like they need that after five weeks of holiday crazy how many people are like lucky enough to be off work right now and like in the middle of some solitude? I worked all week, I'm not. <laughs> all my kids out there, you're off school, right? So you're on break, you're kind of resting, hanging out, having fun, playing with toys, hanging out with family. Um, I do want to stop since I did talk to all my kids in the room. It's Family Sunday, so if you haven't been here for that yet, it happens I think five, right? Times a year where there's a fifth Sunday in the month. We keep everybody in the warehouse, um, so parents love it. And uh, what I do want to point out is that we have an activity sheet for all the kids today. Um, if you're 100 years old and a kid, you can grab a sheet too. It's an activity sheet. I'm going to try to remember to cue the kids on when to fill it out. But if you don't have one, we're going to pass one out to you and give you some crayons. Donna's going to help, so raise your hands. Um, or if you want one and you're you know, 40 years old, that's fine too. Whoever helps you focus. Um, so the first answer up on the left-hand corner is, uh, what's my name? So if you didn't catch it when Joe said it, I'm Danielle. Um, I've been coming here for a while. And uh, like Joe said, I'm a trustee. So I was asked to talk about rest and solitude. And we, we were so passionate about the topic, we were actually talking about not even gathering today. We were going to be like, let's actually give people a break. And then what we realized is, you know, sometimes we don't really need a break from each other, right? We just need to understand what rest and solitude is. So that's the purpose of today. Oftentimes, um, well, actually every time, I'm asked to talk about something or I really like get into a topic. I love to Google it to no end. I will be in like Wikipedia. I'll be looking up definitions. I'll... Um, What's, I'll use like a concordance, which is like a listing of words in the Bible. They talk about rest in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Literally, that word is mentioned thousands of times. So it's something important. So that's what we're going to chat about today. What we often think about with rest is vacation. Um, kids, that's the first box, that upper left-hand corner. Draw a picture of your favorite fun, fun thing you do or vacation you take. Often for adults, vacation looks like this. Matt, it's those first images. Doesn't that look nice? Who wants to be there right now? It looks like taking a nature walk, getting some rest in the middle of a serene forest. It looks like this. I don't have a picture of the Grand Canyon, but has anybody been fortunate enough to go see that? It's so majestic, you can't even describe what that does, I think, for your mind. The last picture I have is just of a serene river. You just want to sit and stare at it. But what I would argue, right, is that, like, vacation is, is, you know, it's a kind of rest, but it's not all the types of rest that I'm thinking about. So I think there's three types of rest. The first rest that I'm calling um, recovery rest. So recovery rest to me is when you're just, like, plain tuckered out and worn out, and you just want to, like, sit and either stare at that <laughs> or you want to stare at the wall, and you don't want to do anything. And your body's just tired, right? And you want to get to the point where you've zoned out 
so you don't have a care in the world, right? So that, that's like re what I'm calling recovery rest. I think what's interesting about this rest for me is that the world, like everybody knows about it. They sell this type of rest, right? You gotta pay money sometimes to go see that ocean, to go sit in that all-inclusive resort on a beach and stare at the ocean. So like, it's known, right? It's known. I think like you can really feel when you need this kind of rest. You can feel when you haven't had it. So I wanna tell a story. This takes me back to the beginning of my year. If you haven't talked to me, I had kind of a crazy, I had a kind of a crazy year in general, but the first few months were particularly nuts for me because I work at an engineering office downtown and we re-upped our lease, grabbed some more space on the floor below us, and then we decided to renovate. And somehow I got in charge of all that renovation. <laughs> I didn't design it, but I was in charge of managing it. I had like four or five contractors I was juggling with, someone who was giving us furniture and painting and building walls. And I had 60 staff that I was trying to communicate with and tell them, hey, you're going to be sitting here this week, but in three weeks you're going to move that way. And then in four more months or four more weeks you're going to move somewhere else. It got really nuts. My day job became my night job. And I was like completely overwhelmed and exhausted. Fast forward to the second week of March, I remember because my little brother was home from college and we were having dinner at my mom's house that weekend. But it started, I came home from work that Friday, and I was, I was just, like I said, plum tuckered out, like worn out. And I went to bed, I think, at like 6.05. Like I pretty much walked in the door, put down my stuff. I might have changed into some pajamas, and then I like crashed hard. I woke up at uh, like 9.30 to my alarm to go to spin class, and I was like, no, that is not happening today. Like hit snooze, slept again to like 12.30, woke up, and then all I did was sit on the couch, and I Netflix real hard for like eight hours. I don't remember what I watched, but I binge watched some show to just zone out. I wouldn't even like cook. I ordered in. I just went to sleep again pretty early that night. I woke up to an alarm at 12.30 to go to my mom's for dinner. And this is what moms are good for. She's in the room. They're good for pure honesty. So we're eating dinner. She probably doesn't remember saying this. She looks at me and she's like, you don't look good. And I was like, oh, thanks. I appreciate it. And I was like, I think I told her, I was like, I'm just like worn out. I'm like mentally done. So I was at my mom's for three hours. I went home and went back to bed. Like, so pretty much I sleep the, slept the weekend away because I hadn't built time for rest between January and March like 11th. So I was just done. That is the rest, I think, that we're talking about with recovery rest. You can Google... Um, there's all kinds of like scientists and doctors have studied rest and you can Google this and read up on it. It is crucial, right? So just how our mind and body functions. A couple things I thought were interesting, your brain, so the mental side of it, right? Your brain needs rest. It's wired, it's programmed to need rest. What I learned, again, not a doctor, but what I learned is your brain has a couple different ways of processing information. So once like action oriented, it's the thing that tells us, hey, I'm looking at you, my brain's processing what's going on, I'm doing this task, I'm remembering to walk somewhere, I'm doing work, I'm doing school. It's, it's kind of like, it's action oriented. It's, it's centered around helping you decide what you're doing. The second one is called the default mode network, DMN. And this is like where your brain switches to like just wandering inward. It gives your mind a chance to reflect and sort things out. And it can only do that when you stop doing. It's very important for your brain to have that reset. Physically, um, I think like, you know, I experienced that in March 11th. I know you all have experienced that in your life. Any parents have experienced that with newborns? Um, physical is sleep, right? Sleep and metabolism are controlled by the same hormone. 
are the same area of your brain, and sleep releases hormones that help control appetite. So you're ever getting serious about your health. That's one of the things like the doctors will ask is like, are you sleeping at night? Because that's important. Sleeping helps promote heart health, cardiovascular circulation. The other thing is like, you've always heard like doctor's orders, like go home and sleep, right? Go just relax. And that's because when you do, when we do, our bodies produce more of those white blood cells that helps fight infection, right? So everybody understands, right? We can feel the effects of it. What I think is interesting about what I'm calling recovery rest is that while God designed it, we're kind of wired like our bodies are uh, designed to need it, you don't really have to acknowledge God in order to experience it. It could just kind of happens. That's how we're, our bodies are created to be. So recovery rest really only addresses our mind and body. So that brings me to the next type of rest that I'm calling focused rest. This is the type of rest that has some intentionality behind it. It's the type of rest that helps our soul, our spirit. And so we're going to start at the beginning of creation in Genesis 1. And I did not pass out Bibles. So I don't have this scripture on the screen. So if you don't have a Bible, sorry to make Donna jump up one more time. You're going to need one because we're going to read this. You're going to read it. <laughs> and I'm not going to read it to you. So get out your Bible. Get out your app. Raise your hand if you need a Bible. Turn to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1. Kids, you can find the word Genesis in your word search down at the bottom left. All right, so just take a second. I'm going to stop talking for about 30 seconds. Just take a second and read Genesis 1. Or skim it if you know it. Just read it. Some people have read it before or many times, or you've heard about the story of creation. Try to read it like a poem, pace yourself, and just kind of think about what you notice. what you can pick up on. I won't cue the audience like I did last night because I can't really see anybody. <laughs> um, notice the end of verses 5. The end of verse 8. The end of verse 13, 19, 23, and 31. I don't know what version you're reading, but the version I have written down reads something like this. An evening passed and morning came the first day. An evening passed and morning came the second day etc., etc., until the evening passed and the morning came, the sixth day. And what I notice about this, right, there's like a rhythm, right, to how God's working. There's like, he's like, he's, he's creating, he takes a break at night. He's creating, he takes a break at night. And then what I really observed about this, I was given a book called Invitations from God, and I was going to summarize what this author wrote, but instead I'm going to read it. So next four slides, Matt, go through this text. So she says this about this, Genesis 1. God tackled the job of creating in chunks, leaving rhythmic space between evening and morning, between beginnings and endings. God imprinted the creational rhythms of work and rest on the cosmos because these rhythms already existed in him. God's way of existing was and is restful. Now that does not mean God gets tired or sleepy. God rests in who he is and what he has done. He relishes work, but after six days of working, God rested, Genesis 2, 3. 
The seventh day syncopated, great word, syncopated the created order with the rhythm of God's existence. Work is not everything, and rest is not optional. I love this last sentence. Because rest is fundamental to God, it's fundamental to the well-being of all creation. I read that sentence, and it was almost for me like drop the mic, walk off the stage, right? That should almost be like all we need to know. Rest is fundamental, right, to the creation story. I think we need to understand, like, the context with which mankind was created and how important it was, right, for God to have this rhythm of rest um, and how he took intentional rest on the seventh day, right? Now, God doesn't get tired or weary like we read about, but we do. We get very tired and weary. So this next slide, I think some of you have heard this. I think I have this up there in the message version. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion, Christmas, family, school, (laughs) family? Come to me. I love my family. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. This is Jesus talking. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Another verse in Isaiah says, In rest is your salvation. Must be important if it can save us. So what the question I started asking is, is how? Um, How do we achieve this kind of focused rest? So... Um, I have a term that I love to call, I'm hesitant to say it in the stage, but I will, I call it shut up and listen, S-U-A-L, and that's a time where we do just that, right? You just, you, you stop talking, and you just learn to be, and you listen, right, to who God, or what God's saying to you. Um, Samuel, if you've read about him ever in the Bible, in 1 Samuel 3, Samuel's a young boy, he hasn't yet grown up um, to do much. He's still training under Eli. He learns, right? He learns what it means to rest and to listen to, to God. And the way he learns this is he's sleeping in the middle of the night, and he keeps hearing Samuel, Samuel, and he keeps running to his mentor, Eli, and, he, and he's saying, Eli, I'm here. What do you want? Like, stop waking me up. And Eli's like, I didn't say anything. Like, go to bed. You're dreaming. You're thinking things. This happens three times before Eli finally dawns on him. He's like, you know what? Next time you hear your name, why don't you say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. So Samuel does this, and then I'm not going to read it, but he has a pretty radical encounter with the Lord at a young age as soon as he acknowledges that he wants the Lord to speak to him. Um, the key, I think, is, is like once you say something like, speak, Lord, your servant's listening, you've got to listen like he's actually in the room, not like he's off in the cosmos, <laughs> up in the heavens somewhere ignoring you shouting from far away. I think the key to inviting the Lord to speak to you is to listen like he's right next to you. Changes some of the conversation. So I did a little bit of this. I've done this several times um, throughout this year. The one I wanted to share about, I wrote down the date. It's July 29, 2018. Um, Again, the the year didn't really get less crazy for me after that March 11th experience. It was kind of crazy up until this time in July. And I had an intentional moment, I think Joe or somebody chatted about in the past, where I like shut myself in my room, sat in this rocking chair, and I wrote down, Lord, I'm here, speak to me. I didn't know where this was going to go or how long I was going to sit there. I wrote down eight topics, and I was like, maybe we can talk about these. So it's things, I would talk, I wrote down health, relationships, my career, I was talking about membership, I was um, talking about um, my family relationships, love, like all these things. I'm like, all right, God, let's tackle some of these. Like those are all kind of a big deal for everybody. 
And the Lord and I had a really cool conversation. I think, like, if you're not used to doing that, sometimes it feels like it's just your own mind wandering. But I don't think that's the case. I think if you invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to you, I think he's leading and guiding, right, where your mind's wandering. And that's how we receive wisdom and instruction from him. The Bible says this, that next slide, be still. It's the biblical way of saying shut up. (laughs) But be still. And the rest of that verse is this, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46:10. What I, I think you could sit and think about this verse, right? Only these, what, one, two, three, seven words, eight words for, for a while. But it starts with being still and just knowing. So what I think is interesting about this is that being still, you're not really, you're not, to use a double negative, you're not not doing something. Being still is actually an action. Being still and knowing is about meditating on the goodness of God. It's about knowing who God wants to be for you. It's not the mental staring at the wall, right, and hoping your mind goes blank. It's about practicing remembering who God is, who he says you are, so that you actually believe it. Sometimes the stillness is laughing. Sometimes it's crying. Sometimes it's being alone. Often It always happens being alone. Sometimes it's just practicing breathing in and out. There's a reason, right, when you're angry, people tell you to, like, pause and take a breath. There's something that just breathing and breathing and stillness, right, does for you. So it's the art of losing yourself. I'm going to sing that lyric in a song later to find who Christ is. It only really happens in solitude. It's difficult in a group of people um, to find this kind of rest, to find this kind of relationship, but it does have to be practiced. It has to be cultivated. We have to get back to those rhythms, and this is why. The next verse in the King James Version But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. It gives us energy. Resting gives energy, really, right, is what that's saying. The energy comes from the Lord. So it's only in moments of solitude, right? When we turn off the world around us, we escape to a private place, and we learn to rest with the Lord. So focused rest, right? It's got to be practiced. It's got to be intentional. The third type of rest that I think focused rest leads to is what is called trusting rest. And it looks like these photos, QMAT, looks like this. Trusting rest looks like a stormy sea, forest on fire, a mountain avalanching, that's a word, rivers flooding. And you may ask, how, how in the world can rest ever look like this kind of chaos? And I think the, the answer is found in Matthew 8, 23 to 27. If my kids are still with me, that's your picture. Whoa. In uh, blank three, draw a picture of this verse we're about to read. Actually, I sc- go to the, that's the end of it. I think I forgot to correct this. There we go. Then Jesus gets into the boat. So Jesus gets into a boat because he's already kind of like ramping up his ministry, right? He's been around crowds. He's healing people. He's ministering to them. He's already preached some sermons. He's tired. And he's like, I got to get away, which he had practiced several times. But then they get in a boat, and his disciples followed him. And suddenly that first image comes, right? A furious storm comes up on the sea so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus is sleeping. Now, I don't know how he did that, by the way, because if you've ever been on a boat that's rocking back and forth, it's like you're trying not to throw up, let alone like sleep. So the disciples are panicked. They go and wake him up, and they say, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. 
And then Jesus responds with, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? And then back to that first verse, then he, or the end of it. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. So you ask yourself, like, right, how is Jesus sleeping in the middle of chaos? How is he resting in the middle of chaos? And I think it's because he's practiced. If you read the Gospels up until Matthew 8, Jesus practices alone time, right? He often says things like, Jesus went away. Jesus went away. They found him early in the morning on his own. He, he went away. He spent time with the Father. And so it's very important that we would do the same thing, right? If the if the, the Son of God, right, has to come down on this planet, deal with humanity, <laughs> and has like an ace up his sleeve, and that he's the Son of God, and he still needs time to, to take a time out, right, how much more would we? So the trusting rest that I'm talking about, right, is the result of the practice of fo focused rest. So you can say things like, my world is nuts. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this situation, but I'm just going to rest and trust in the Lord, so I'm good. You can do nothing, right? Trusting rest is about you not doing anything in the midst of stormy sea, forest fires, avalanche, and just resting in the Lord's promises. This next slide is what you begin to meditate on. It's a series of verses. So kids, down, at, down on um, number four, there's a lot of scriptures up here you can write in that section number four. When you learn to rest, like with the type of trust that you can have in the Lord, this is what you begin to know. He's working all things for my good. He's taking perfect care of me. The one who holds the heavens and the earth holds my heart. All things in his timing. He's the good shepherd of my soul. That's for me. Sometimes just sitting and remembering that God is for you is a good break. He's going to fight my battles. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> He's dependable. Those sentences are paraphrases of those scriptures. There's others that back up those statements, but those are the ones I put on the screen. You know, the world teaches us to strive, especially America. The world teaches us to strive. We're always trying to accomplish something, be something better, um, get degrees, get promotions, get more money, make a sports team. We're always striving, right? The Lord's very much about resting, and it's about resting in him and understanding that he's got your back. He wants to have your back. I think, you know, we need this kind of rest so that focused rest becomes, um, the trusting rest becomes second nature. If you haven't practiced it, when craziness <laughs> happens, you don't understand how to just be, right? So, like, it's got to be practiced. I want to read, uh, flip over to Psalm 23. I love the way this new translation, the Passion Translation, puts it. A lot of you know it, but I love how it words it. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens me before pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. I think the coolest thing about rest is that it connects us to heaven. It connects us back with oneness that we experienced in Genesis. It restores us to that rhythm of creation in Genesis. It fills our hearts full of trust and confidence in the Lord. One of the few times the Bible tells us to strive is in Hebrews 4, 11. It's 
that next verse of their map. So there's a Sabbath rest still waiting for the people of God, for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best. Let us actually strive, but only to enter rest. <laughs> Almost an oxymoron, right? But that's one of the times God tells us to strive. So, if you know me at all, <laughs> you know that I'm uh, really into carving out time to practice rest. And we're going to do something that's probably unconventional in a room of 150-ish people. We're going to practice this together. In a room where there's kids that might get a little crazy, and that's all right, we're going to practice rest. And so this is what I'm going to encourage you, request, maybe stand here until you do. <laughs> um, we're going to play a song. The song is 10 minutes. What? I know. <laughs> and the way this is going to go down is in a couple seconds, I'm going to have you all move. I know. But it's the advantage of not having pews. I'm going to have you physically move your bodies um, if you're willing and able. Hopefully you're willing. Hopefully the goal, right, is for you to be able to do this and not hit anybody, like at least that much space between you and the next person. If you have some kids and you want to hang on to them, that's fine. Um, but we're going to try to practice rest together. And we're going to play a song that's 10 minutes. Some of you might feel like a small eternity. <laughs> Others of you, you might take a nap, and that's totally fine if that's the kind of rest you need. And the song is um, it's worshipful in the sense that it, it wasn't a scripted song. It came out of a worship set that a band did. And so a lot of it's just music and contemplative. And then there's um, verses that are spoken and sung that help remind us of all the things that we're talking about. We're actually going to put those scriptures, that slide of scriptures um, back, on, um, back on the screen. And we're going to allow ourselves to take a break in this room. We're going to learn how to do it together so that we know how to do it outside of these walls. Um, so, go find some room. You can move these chairs. They don't have to stay in rows. You can sit on the floor. You can stand and stare at a wall. You can lay on the ground if you'd like. I know, I'm making you all move. This is interactive. Interactive Sunday. Yeah, so, so the, the folks that stayed in their seats is fine. But I encourage you, spread out. <laughs> Do the arm test. Okay, so back to focusing. So what, again, what's going to happen is we're going to play the song. The song is spontaneously called You Can Just Rest. And if you do nothing over the next 10 minutes, you can spend time just breathing. In and out, in and out. Relax. Take a breath. If you're bold enough and you mean it enough, you can say those words. Speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And then expect him to talk back. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to play this song. And just so you know, um, halfway through the song, the band will come up. They're not going to intro the songs afterwards. They're just going to start singing their worship set. We'll close out in music like we normally do. But take a pause and listen can go back and reread Genesis 1, read Psalm 23, look these up, read those if you find yourself not able to focus for this long. But just practice being human beings.
So Heavenly Father, we thank you that you taught us to rest from the beginning of time. It's wired into all that you are, and thus it's fundamental to who we are. And I pray in these next 10, moment, 10 minutes and beyond, God, that we would learn to practice rest, that we would expect you to speak to us when we're practicing rest. I, we invite you into this room, Holy Spirit, lead and guide these moments, orchestrate what it is you want to say to each and every person in this room, for you have a specific plan for each of us, a specific word to say to each of us. So we invite you to speak because we're listening. I think sometimes we have a really hard time with rest because I sometimes think we feel that's lazy. I can be doing so many other things right now. The to-do list never gets shorter. <laughs> but there's something about rest in the way that we're wired. There's something about rest and the way that God ordained it. When you can learn to take the time out with him, when we can learn to focus on rest, spend time with him, memorize and rest in all those promises, that trusting rest when life's got you down comes a lot easier. So I do have some homework. There's a slide for it. First homework is uh, practice rest. Somewhere up there, Matt. It's probably down at the end, slide 35 or something. Wait for it. Seek solitude. It's really hard, right, in a family, <laughs> but seek it out. Ten minutes. We spent ten minutes with a song. Some of you might have gone stir-crazy, but we spent ten minutes with a song, just breathing and relaxing and all that the Lord is. Seek it. Memorize. If you don't know it, memorize Psalm 23. Take a nap. How's that for homework? I know, right? <laughs> Let your mind wander. Get those mental benefits of just zoning out. Get alone, again, without music this time. And say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. This is one I've vowed to do this year. I don't do this, but I'm going to. Schedule social media blackout times. Everybody under the 25, age of 25 cringes. But schedule social media blackout times. Get into nature. It's hard. It's 20 degrees out, but get into nature. So that's our homework. I pray that we, God, would be people of rest, that you would teach us to just rest in you. Help us to schedule that into our lives. Help us to not be uncomfortable, just being alone with our thoughts, being alone with you, because we want to trust you in this coming year. We want to be people that learn how to rest in you. So teach us to do that. In your name, amen. Don't forget to come back for the next four weeks for mind, body, soul, and beef jerky. I don't get it, but we'll find out. <laughs> Have a good new year, guys. Happy new year.